0: The Rink Rat Report podcast is brought to you by BetStamp, the ultimate sports betting companion app. Track, follow, and analyze your bets across multiple sportsbooks. And while you're there, check out the world's first verified buy-and-sell marketplace for sports betting picks. Download the app today. The Rink Rat Report podcast is also brought to you by Season 2 of The Lock Garage. Host Marco Shara, a Toronto criminal defense lawyer, interviews various criminal lawyers about the practice of criminal defense, gets them to share their war stories, and helpful tips for up-and-coming lawyers interested in the area of law. Out now on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Step into the garage, listen to the experts, and get a tune-up.
1: All right, we're recording? Yep. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. Today is... November when- Wednesday, November 3rd is actually when everyone's going to be listening to us. Today, we're, we're recording this Tuesday, November 2nd, 10.30 p.m., right after the Leafs just put in ass whooping on the Vegas Golden Knights or the that I guess it would be the Henderson Golden Knights because uh, or Silver Knights I think they are because they're missing a lot of players but wow what a performance as always joined by Josh and Jason
0: how's it going Josh with us through zoom what a week boys what a week great week for us at least rounded out with three wins yeah we're happy to see it the sky was falling and then just like that we bring it back
2: so, but we're never as happy as we would be upset the
0: week before. It's never you never get as happy as if you are upset. That's it's more it's moment more moment. relief than happiness, right? It's like okay, yeah. we're we're
1: okay, right? Yeah. It didn't start off very well. So we recorded on Friday after the Morgan Riley contract. We did mm-hmm. not talk any games in that episode. We're going to be talking all three games: so Chicago, Detroit, and Vegas, all in this episode here. Um, it did not start very well in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow, that was a a bad start to the game. Uh, But, you know, all's well that ends well, I suppose. So what a week, six points. Let's get into, we're going to get into the most recent game, the Vegas Golden Knights game, 4 nothing win. Jack Campbell's first shutout of the season, if I'm not Mm -hmm. correct. What did you guys think about this one? What did you see? What was happening? This
2: was was utter dominance from the start, honestly. Uh, Right from the first shift. Really good energy, and Nylander gets a break, and almost really, you almost scored on the first shift. And honestly, that set the tone for pretty much the rest of the game. That first period against Vegas was probably one of the more dominant Leaf periods I can remember in a long time. I saw Dom tweet the expected goals were like one point five to point oh oh two for Vegas. Like Vegas essentially had absolutely nothing in the first period, and the Leafs, you know, they just kept. Putting the pressure on. One thing that Mitch Marder said in the first intermission, which I totally agree with, is the Leafs' four-check tonight was the best four-checking game of the season, easily thus far. And I find that pretty impressive because they're playing the best decor they've played so far. I mean, sure, Vegas had a ton of injuries up front. A ton. They had a, a, almost two lines worth of guys injured. It was a lot. But... Shay Theodore is still there. Alex Petrangelo is still there. Alec Martinez is still there. And the Leafs put a beating on these guys from the start. Yep. That was one thing I noticed. I don't know about you, Joe. They caused a ton of turnovers for Vegas in Vegas' defensive zone.
1: Oh, yeah. A lot. And William Nylander was big on that. Yeah, William Nylander was.
2: And, um, you know, Mitch Marner scored a terrific goal. That was just an unbelievable little piece of stick handling in front of the net. Oh, yeah. Great pass from John Tavares. You can see how happy he was, scored that goal. Scored against Detroit, but nothing like the goal tonight. That was just an absolute perfect, perfect use of edge work and hands and smarts. It was a great goal. That line has been, I mean, unbelievable the last three games. I don't know what you guys think, but like, wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw a stat from James Duffy, which was, that line has now scored six goals in a row, five-on-five, five, without getting scored on, which is the best streak of the year for any line in the NHL. So it's wow. a good stat for you from James Doty. But, yeah, that's how I saw the first period of that game, and it kind of continued for most of the game. It tailed off a bit in the third, as expected, when you have a 4-0 lead. But, yeah, I mean, that was a dominant performance. I'm really happy with the way they
1: played tonight. Oh, yeah. That was from, right from the hop. I mean, the Nylander-Matthews line right away just started clicking. I felt like that was... They had like a their first period was the best period we've seen from them together. It seems like they've really rekindled that old uh, chemistry that they used to have a couple of years ago. Because I mean, Chicago game and Detroit game, like there was some okay chances, but they did they were getting scored on. They got scored on once for sh- at least twice, once or twice in the Detroit game. I know for sure uh, the specific plays I'm thinking of was. Uh, Dermott dropping the puck to Matthews. Matthews' soft play in the defensive end ends up Valeno scoring. And then the other goal was Valeno completely walking William Nylander. And then Nemesiknov uh, tips it in. And, uh, I mean, that's not good. And when you're not creating the most dangerous chances, and Josh, you even mentioned there there was like one pass from Nylander to Matthews or between the two of them. And I believe it was a Matthews one, it resulted in a Matthews one timer going over the net. So that was, I mean, The expected goals numbers were there because, I mean, they didn't give up that much. But what they gave up was ended up in the back of the net. So you really needed a big performance out of them. And, oh, boy, that was electric. The top six was buzzing tonight. I agree, Joe. I think the last two games specifically, they didn't seem
2: like those three were really clicking like we expected. I think the move was made and everyone was happy. Uh, You know, Mitch Marner was struggling. Get him off of Matthews' line and Matthews will start scoring. And actually the opposite happened, which was Taveras' line started scoring and Matthews United are bunting really struggled until tonight. And they um, they really turned it on tonight against Vegas. So I was really happy about that. I think this is more of a bigger discussion, but I think they're going to keep rolling this top six for as long as they really can. I don't know why you'd break it up now. That's, that's the best. I think it's the best also John Tavares has looked in a long time as well. That Detroit okay. game, he was unbelievable in that game. Winning puck battles, scoring goals. Nice passes, good zone entries, good good on the forecheck. Like, he was really good in that game. I think, again, it doesn't get mentioned enough how much better Mitch Marler truly makes the players around him. And I think that got lost in his bad seven-game stretch. But really, like, look at John Tavera's last two nights compared to the start of his season. Like, Mitch Marner really, really makes the players better around him. And I don't want to discount Alex Kerfoot. I thought he had another good game tonight. He's yeah. been really good at retrieving pucks. He's been really good at making the simple and smart plays. I criticized his play on the wing. But I think he's, last three games, I mean, I think he's kind of finding his groove a bit, which is good. He's a $3.5 million player on our cap, and last couple games he's been playing like it, which is good. So,
1: Yeah, for sure. My big criticism with Kerfoot has always been he can string together two good games in a row, but, well, I actually always say he's very just inconsistent, and I told you guys, hey, we'll see him again in three games. Like, take care, bud. Thanks for the... The awesome effort on saturday but yet had another good one tonight so i'm just looking for him to continue to string this together just you don't have to do much your two line mates combined make almost 22 million dollars just make the simple play dude like there's a reason they're getting paid that much money just get them the puck that's all you really got to do and i mean that was a great play from him. Across the, he put it, feathered a nice pass to Mitch Marner. I think it was in the third period. Feathered a nice pass across through the D to Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner, we hadn't seen this all year. Gave the old little fake, fake shot on Robin Leonard. Mo- a couple quick stick handles and then threw it on net. And it was a much better opportunity there. And there was a big scramble in front after that. That play really stuck out to me. Didn't result in a goal. It almost did. Because then Tavares almost wrapped it around there as well, but that to me it showed a lot more, a lot more confidence and a lot more, uh, you know, easy going from Mitch Marner there. That was a real, that was a real marquee play right there. Especially even the goal. The goal was just absolutely disgusting, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, it, it's funny what happens sometimes. Just you know,
2: Taver- like really, this whole run started. They're down two nothing, and. Tavares gets the puck in the middle of the ice against Chicago and just makes a disgusting backhand top shelf. And oh, yeah. from there, like it's been all systems go for that line. And for Mitch Marner. it's just sometimes just getting, getting on the scoreboard. Right. He, he, his goal against Detroit, not the most spectacular goal doing the, doing the little things, right. Yeah. Being in the mm-hmm. right position to pick off a pass from Nick Letty. Right. Yeah. And just tapping it into an open net. And that leads to a three point performance tonight.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, the the Chicago goal, the Tavares goal there. How many times have we seen Mitch Marner make that pass though, and it ends up that the, the like his line mate just puts it over the net. Especially with Tavares in the first couple games, like he's he's make he was making the passes, the puck just wasn't going in the net, and now it is. And oh, now he's playing well. Just remember that the next time things are going a little cold, are those good plays still there are those marquee plays that you think oh that was a good chance are those still happening because if those aren't happening at all and there's no goals then we got a huge issue on our hands mm-hmm.
0: right? yeah, process it just reminded me sorry
2: jason of seeing a lot of praise for zach hyman deservedly so but man if he just finished a couple of those chances against montreal how
1: different oh yeah things be? especially in game seven like <laughs> yeah just threw them straight into... To be fair, he's getting some better looks. I mean, mm-hmm. from what I've seen, it's just like... He's not thrown into the goalie's pads because the goalie's nowhere to be found. <laughs> scoring some... Uh, would you say he's scoring some Nick Guida goals?
2: Absolutely. <laughs> goalie's like in the net. <laughs> Tapping,
1: done. <laughs> Tapping, done. Um, so, so far, the past three games... I really hope this is updated for the Vegas game. I believe it is, though. Tavares has... Five points in those three games two goal- with two goals. Is that correct? I believe so. Yep. Mitch Marner with four points, and then Morgan Riley actually with three. No, I think Mitch Marner has five points, so maybe it's not updated. I'm probably looking at something wrong. Uh, oh, at five, five on, on five. At five, yeah, five yeah. on five. <clears throat> wow. So then we got to add a, all strengths. So I was looking at it incorrectly. Five. Wow. Five on five. That's even better. We also got a power play goal tonight. That felt good. That felt really good. I'm
2: absolutely loving the power play, to be honest. I just, I don't know. It's good that they scored, though. Hopefully, that will get more chances
1: coming. Consecutive power play goals. Consecutive games with power play goals. I mean, we haven't seen that in a little while. Um, And also, this was the first power play goal since the first game of the year where Jason Spezza did not have a primary point on it. Yeah, because he had also, three in a row.
2: We haven't brought up two things yet either. Austin Matthews tonight just—oh, is that just the tail? You guys think of the chances going in now? Because I really think he has been creating some solo chances himself the last couple games. I mean, the game against Detroit, he had two rushes where he essentially just said, "I want the puck and I'm going to go in and do." He did two of these actually—a good backhand, forehand, inside move. He almost scored twice on those, but
1: I mean, it was the same move against the same quick defenseman. The same move against the same defenseman, Mort Sider there, where he came from the backhand, threw his stick on the outside and then put it through. I mean, outside I like he was he was all right on Saturday. I wouldn't like knock him. I wasn't again, as I said earlier, I wasn't too happy with that goal that he was on the ice for, where Dermott kind of left it for him and it was kind of a soft defensive play. But, you know, wasn't the worst, I guess. But tonight what a performance! I really gotta say. Um, I hope this is loud enough. Give me one sec. I think I got my swagger back. <laughs> oh. That's what it feels like. That's what it feels like from our top six. After that, after good. tonight's yeah. game, yeah. It
2: was re- and then Jack Campbell too. I mean,
1: yeah. We do. Got, I mean, tested too much, but yeah, steady. We do got to take these three wins in a row with a grain of salt. I mm-hmm. mean, that's Chicago who didn't have Patrick Kane and hadn't had a lead all year. That's Detroit, who's coming off a back-to-back and didn't have Tyler Bertuzzi. Ha, ha, ha. Um, And then Vegas Golden Knights, who didn't have Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, and William Carlson. They had, uh, what was his name? Brett Howden as their number one center. Like, that was an ugly forwards line. I posted it. That was an ugly forwards line. But you know what? The Leafs played like they should have. Yeah, and
0: it's not like Marshall show was still playing the most minutes against Matthews. And like we said, the decor, their decor is very strong and it's, it's, they weren't losing any pieces on the decor. So offensively, we look great and we got everything clicking yeah. helps t- perfect game, perfect three games to get the monkeys off the back and get in the groove and just look exactly. forward. There's a reason Alabama plays Mercer every year. <laughs> you kick the shit out of them and you
1: get your confidence up. Exactly. And you fix where, where you need to. Mm-hmm. Right. Um uh, I do want to point out. So, we saw a new top four as we kind of previewed before on Friday that uh, the emergency episode there. What did you guys think of these new pairings
0: well I want you to start on this one well. You have- well, I'll go first. Like I, I, do. I really like that. Like what, the Sandin lilligren pairing. Like what? Like we've been looking. We've been looking for it all year. We kind of didn't really know what what it was for, it for. Like two years. For two years, we we don't didn't really know what what it was going to be like. We were told that they were great in the AHL together. They played a lot of minutes, and they look great out there. They look great, especially in the offensive zone. Uh, their decision making is just always so quick. It's like I feel like. Whenever we play home games, our defensemen sometimes, other other than these two guys, always hold the puck for a split second too long, and you hear all the fans yell, "Shoot! Shoot! Shoot!" And it's like when these guys are on the ice, they're just making decisions quick enough. You don't even have the option to to, to say that to them. They when it's on their on their stick, it's directly off it to someone else, and it's a good play. That's the important part. It's quick and it's a smart play. They're generating great offensive chances together, and defensively, they're they're not looking too bad either. They're not. I I haven't really seen Sandin is not the best defensively. He still has his he deficiencies, still has his deficiencies, but but like with what what they are as players, they're not they're not being less than what they are. Like they're they're still being good enough together to to they're serviceable. That's the word I'm looking for. They're serviceable defensively, but the firepower they bring in the offensive zone, I I love it. I love it.
1: My big thing with them that I really really like is their ability when the puck's in their end and you're going back for it and you got two four checkers on you, the puck ends up the other way almost every single time. It's mm-hmm. incredible. There was a few times, so I put on, on Twitter, like just, the Timothy Lilligren's stretch passes are phenomenal. And then there was one play I was watching specifically. I always love to watch him when he goes back for the puck and retrieves it with a four-checker on him. There was one play he had, he, he it was like kind of a messy play. He had two four-checkers on him. I'm like, okay, he's going in at an awkward angle. What do we see here? Four-checker came in on him. The other one came in. He kind of like, Held the puck against the boards and then, like, to shield it from the two defenders, and then just kicked it back the other way into open space where there was a Leaf, there was a Toronto Maple Leaf player, and then they were able to easily move it out. It was smart plays like that. He's not always making the sexy plays. He's a very good passer, as I mentioned, and he's a good skater, can handle the puck, but he's making those other little dirty plays as well. One thing that I really, really liked from the Detroit game. He played very, very well. Don't get me wrong. was awesome. Uh, I believe had a couple shot opportunities as well in there. But I felt like he was getting it to the red line, making some good plays, getting it to the red line, and then just hammering it in Mm -hmm. at the red line every single time. I think in the first period alone, he had three zone entries. And one of them ended up being that Mitch Marner goal. On the Mitch Marner goal. As I posted on Twitter, I showed... Actually, on Instagram as well. I showed the extended clip because... Timothy Lilgren did a great job of entering the zone and creating a play from there. So, hats off to him; he was awesome. He's
2: completely agree with everything you just you guys just said, Joe. I really am impressed why, how, with how well they played together in the defensive zone, as you said, getting the puck up the ice. I think we've seen it too many times early this year. Justin Hall struggled with it a lot. Just, like,
1: fumbling the puck in your own zone, not making the right play. Before you go on, I want to say one thing. Justin Hall and Jake Muzzin, there was one play I specifically watched. I think it was in the third period against Chicago. They had one four-checker on them, and they struggled to get the puck out. And then after that one four-checker went and changed, one more four-checker came in. One on two, and they still could not break the puck out. That, That pairing just ran its course. Like, time to move on. And TJ Brody and Jake Muzzin look pretty good together, no?
0: Yeah. Absolutely, and that's the thing.
2: Like, when you start analyzing the pairings, like, Timothy Lilgren has played so well. The only thing about that pairing is I know the Leafs are going to care about this. They're pretty weak with their gap control. Like, a zone entry against them has not been – there have not been that many contended zone entries. I do think part of it could be they are two less experienced, smaller defensemen playing against usually – more gritty fourth, third-line players. I think they're maybe bailing a little early, anticipating some dump-ins to try to retrieve the puck, which is, you know, something we'll have to keep watching for. But again, when the puck does get in, they've done a really good job of getting it back out, which is good. I, I, I'm a, I again find myself disappointed in Travis Dermott playing in an elevated role. I think the pairing of him and Riley was really bad on Saturday night, like really bad. Uh, he bad got benched? that Dermott actually got
1: benched. Yep. Shout out to Lance for pointing out
2: that out to us. And yeah, I watched again, he got benched, so
1: I was watching the ga- I was watching the game anyways the next day. But Lance yeah. did put me on to it and uh he was correct, so shout out Matt and and Lance. They wrote, Thank and
2: the, you. the interesting part is it wasn't okay, we're benching Dermot and for eight minutes we're gonna roll 40. No no, they rotated all five of those defensemen. Yeah. Including Lilgren playing mm-hmm. some tough minutes too with Jake Muzzin for a bit.
1: And Riley, he was on the ice with, with Riley, yeah, I saw too.
2: Lilgram,
1: right? Yeah. So I, I don't know,
0: D- Jason. Do you think Justin Hall could find his way back in the lineup? I hope so. I hope so because and and if he does, I, I I wonder where he would play. Like, are we just gonna? I don't I don't think it makes sense right now because of the Brody muzzin pairing looks so strong. Like, maybe we just leave him with Riley and see how he plays. But uh, do we do we know if Dermot is like? F- do we know the severity of Dermot? Because he he was out this game, correct? Uh, he
1: went he, out but then he came back he in x raised and then they were negative and then he was playing in the third so he, period so so he's right?
0: probably playing okay um so you you'd want Justin Hall to be back i mean like that's the guy we protected right we we chose to protect that guy over some over essentially jared McCann, right yeah and we were we were very for it on this podcast like right, and that's we we thought he was good we we still think he's good he, maybe he's lost a step but i, I don't know maybe he, if he just gets he just needs to, to figure it figure it out because he used to be so good at retrieving the puck in his own zone and getting it out. The last part he just has, like you said before, he hasn't been doing that that well enough. Yeah. He has to just be sharper with his passes and be more like more consistent with his breakouts. That's the only way he'll be able to get back in. And do you think we should put him back with Muzzin, or do you think like because I'm with thi- thinking about it, Riley? Like if we just leave like Timothy Lilligan and Sandin together and Brody and Muzzin together, Riley's like. Other than the past like year with Brody, Riley's played with like nobody his entire career. He can still make it work, right?
1: You hope you
0: hope, right? Well, I hope so they make just some paid him seven and a half, so he better.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're you're you the know, number one. Saying,
2: like, it's got to look better than it did the last two nights playing with Travis Dermott. Travis Dermott is not a top four defenseman, I don't think, but I don't think he is a bad defenseman from what he's shown this season, especially and. You know, that's different than what I was saying this summer, but you know, he's played well this year, so it's a momentum, you know, bringing him up in the lineup, and again, they're not playing the toughest minutes against the toughest players in the last two games, and that, like, I love Joe Valeno, I think he's still has a chance to be a good NHL player a couple years after his draft year, but like, Joe Valeno has made them look stupid, honestly. A guy who's been in the AHL made that that pairing look
1: stupid. Joe so. Valeno had a four-hour car ride the day of the game. Yes. And made them look stupid. Yes. And it was just it's off small. of, like, mistakes. Like, he was mm-hmm. just exposing them for, for making silly defensive mistakes. That's where the Leafs wildly outplayed Detroit, I found. Oh, yeah. Like, it was a 3-1 yeah. game going into the third, I think. Did they make it... Was it 3-1 or 2-1 goal? I think think it was... At one point, it was Mm 3-1 in the third period. And then, like, they give up those stupid little turnovers in their own end. They gave up a very good shot opportunity on the last goal there, the fourth goal, I believe it was. And it was Mm -hmm. just, like, it didn't feel proper. It was like, okay, like, this is supposed to be a winning team. Like, what are we giving up all these chances for? Like... I could understand if you're up 5-1 and, like, you get a little too lax and you give up a couple here and there, but, like, it was a two-goal game and it was, like, a drop pass that the center doesn't really pick up, a, a play where the winger doesn't pick, like, the winger makes a mistake and then the the D don't read it properly and then it ends up in the back of the net. I felt like, yeah, you can fault 100, like, you can mainly fault the forwards on a couple of the goals, but I felt like the D didn't react properly, and in both times that I'm th- the goals I'm thinking of, it was Travis Derman and Morgan Riley on the ice. Mm-hmm. It right? was
2: Joe, and the numbers back it up. Over the last two games, the bottom two players for the Leafs in both expected goals and Corsi percentage are Morgan Riley and Travis Dermott. So oh, they yeah. have not played well. Like it's been no. disappointing, honestly. Especially I when you compare them to Sandin and Lilgren, and I believe Timothy Lilgren. Actually, I know this. Lilgren and Sandin have been our best uh, in terms of shot metric players the last two games on the back end, by far. Again, not the toughest minutes, maybe not as many minutes, but against Detroit, Timothy Lilgren led the team in uh, course like twenty-three shot attempts for and five against with Timothy Lilgren on the ice against Detroit. That is remarkable. Like that is those are great numbers. So. Yep. For me, that, that guy can't come out of the lineup. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys disagree. He cannot come out of the lineup. He's
1: nope. looked way too good, and I'm, I want—I really want to cut up like and show like the passing of Timothy Ogram because I feel like it's going to go underappreciated simply because not all of them result in goals. Mm-hmm. But like he moves the puck, and he's been doing it since the preseason, extremely well.
2: The word that comes to mind when I watch him is poise. It oh, reminds yeah. me of a, a quarterback who has that. Comfort in the pocket where no matter what's going on around them, the four checker, you know, what his wingers doing on the boards, he's calm. No panic moves. Yeah. That's the problem. We've seen a lot of zone exits by the Leafs without possession. Too many flip outs, too many burned passes when Justin Hall was in the lineup. I'm sorry to Justin Hall. As Jason said, we we wanted to protect him, but look at the difference between sloppy exits and entries and controlled as ex- exits and entries. Like it makes a big difference.
1: Oh, it really helps the forward there. They're not, uh, looking to strip the other team's defense from the puck as opposed to getting it on their stick. And, I mean, when you have elite offensive players like the Leafs do that can carry the neutral zone with speed, I mean, you really want them getting those, uh, those breakout passes like that. Um, I wanted to transition a little bit. The coaching strategy. We criticized it heavily last episode. Did you see a difference this week?
2: Specifically in the Detroit game, from the games we've tracked, they the forwards carried the puck in much more in that game, which mm-hmm. was really good. Oh to see. yeah. So that, that's the first thing we complained about. Chicago game was, I still thought that was a bit of a sloppy game for the Leafs. Like
1: it was, it even was when good that they won that game, yeah, even when really they tied it, they back. gave up. Mackenzie Entwistle put it through uh, Jack uh, Jack Campbell, and it hit like part of his leg and went through him, but missed the net. Like, they gave up some good chances when they were tied. Like, you made the comeback effort, and then they gave up all those chances. I was like, what the hell are you doing here? Like, thank God they was, won, uh, though. In my opinion, that, that game was buzzing
2: in halls like that. That might have been it for that. Like, that was mm-hmm. the game. They yeah. played poor before that, yeah. but my God, Justin Hall in that game
1: was terrible. Which goal was it where... I think it was the Debrincat goal where he gave it away at the in the neutral zone. He thought he had support, and he, he like... It looked like he took, like, a victory lap yeah. around yeah. to right. get the, exactly. back to coverage. That's the exact
0: play, John. Yeah.
1: Right. And then Jake Muzzin got walked by, uh, was it number eight? Um, the 30-goal score from two years ago. Kubelik. Why, yeah. Kubelik. Was the, I thought he got walked by the brain. Oh, no, it was Kubelik, and he, got a, and he scored that goal. Exactly. Like, a twofer in one night. <laughs> like, can't have that. That's where it was like, okay, like, let's. And move on from this pairing kind of thing, but.
2: And funny enough, the next I thought Jake Mustans played really well the last two games. Mm-hmm. I thought he's been more yep. active, breaking up plays, coming into his zone, really good leaving the zone. You know, he's, he scored a goal <laughs> that helps. Oh yeah, he scored a goal Detroit. So, again, sometimes the change of scenery is good. I want to touch on one thing you said though, Jason, which is that because we protected him, you know, we want to see Hall back in the lineup at this point. No. That's just in the past for me. I want to roll the best 6D, whatever Sheldon Keith determines that is. Yep. Whether, that, whether that means Hall was protected and he scratched, and they have to look back and say, wow, we messed up. It's in the past. Like I don't want to see Hall in for Lilith. I don't want down. to see Hall in for Sandy. Mm-hmm. I don't.
1: What about Hall in for Dermot?
2: I think that's possible. I think Dermot's struggled the last two games, but I think his play in the first seven games or eight games would warrant him not being removed from the lineup. He was really getting exactly. those mm-hmm. more sheltered minutes, but that just seems to be the story of Travis Dermott's career. So, yeah. I don't know. It's good to have that depth always, right? Now it seems like we got seven guys we can trust, but the other thing to consider is when Ilya Mikheyev comes back, the cap casualty may have to be Timothy Lillgren because he's eligible to go down to the Marlies. Oh, so, shit. whether we like it or not, we may just see less Tim- Timothy Logren, which is something to think about.
1: That absolutely sucks. I really don't want to see it. I got scared when um, they made that paper transaction on Monday.
0: With Joey Anderson and... Yeah,
1: people were... I don't understand why people don't like those moves. Like, if you don't like... Like, shut up. What's happening here? It's like, oh, this poor kid. He's getting yo-yoed. He's, he doesn't have to get on a flight and go to Syracuse. He, he literally just shows up at Leafs practice. He was Yeah,
0: he was at practice earlier that morning. Anderson to, it, and yeah. Semyonov
1: were at Marley's practice that morning. Yeah. Like... Anyone complaining about that, you're looking for things to complain. Like, go outside. But, yeah, Travis Dermott, I'm trying to find the expected goals. I don't know why I cannot. But the last two games, here we are. 34% tonight. It says 63.68 against Detroit. That does not seem right.
2: No, that may be right because the rest of the team was at, like, 70.
1: Oh, So maybe his relative was, I don't know. Anyways, yeah, 34.34 tonight. Against Chicago, he was at 25.72, but I don't think the team overall was very good. that was a rougher game. Yeah, because Marner's line was also at like 20-something percent. They gave up some chances. Jack Campbell, what a week for him. I mean, I haven't checked who, who people have been voting for. I've seen a lot of Marner Tavares for favorite player of the week, but Jack Campbell, hell of a week for him. In those two starts, yeah, right?
2: Even, even Mrazik made some clutch saves against Detroit. I thought it wasn't the cleanest game overall, but I thought he yeah. made some big saves for us. In the
1: first two periods, 100%. He made some very good saves there. Um, just got a little messy in the, the third period, but things get messy on Halloween weekend. Man, <laughs> <laughs> you know? But... I have a stat. Can I, can I bring up a stat? Go. Cool.
2: So I've been looking the last two games. Like, this is going to sound like a fake stat, but this is actually how good that Mitch Marner line has been playing. So, with Mitch Marner on the ice, so I'm just going to use him as the measuring stick because he's on that line. The Leafs against Detroit had... What percent of the expected goals do you think?
1: Uh, With him on the ice? Yes. I don't know, 50?
2: Uh, They had... 90% of the expected goals with the Marner line on the ice, the Leafs did.
1: Not bad. That's good. Yeah.
2: Tonight, the Leafs had 93% of the expected goals with the Marner line on the ice.
1: Oh, my God. In those two
2: games, they've scored six goals at 5-on-5, and they've let up zero goals at 5-on-5. Pretty good, right? Pretty good. Not bad. In terms of high danger chances for that line, it's 10-0. to Over the last two games and scoring chances for it's 23 to one. The last two games. If you want to know how good that line has been playing, they've essentially been lights out for two games. Yep. That's- Pretty impressive
1: no? Oh yeah. It's good to see a hundred percent. That mean like they're clicking mm-hmm. very, very well. Um, and I do agree. I mean, if you guys uh eh, we'll we'll save it for uh, for a second there. Was there anything else in the the past three games that you guys wanted to point out there?
2: Uh, I, it's hard not to like Jason Spets' game all yeah. every single night. I think he's yeah. he's just like perfect. He really is. In his spot and his role and his you know how much he's paid, it's it's perfect. So, I, oh. I, I, want, I always want to shout him out. I also liked Wayne Simmons' game. He, he mm-hmm. took a 50-50 penalty tonight which you don't like to see, but I think those guys are playing well. I think they need to maybe find a better third wheel for that line because man, yeah. Nick Ritchie is just doing nothing on the ice. Yeah, unfortunately.
0: You made you made a good point to me when we were t- watching the Detroit game. Just Nick Ritchie just needs to watch Wayne Simmons and play like him. He has the physical ability to do everything better than Wayne Simmons. He just doesn't do it. He's faster than Wayne Simmons. He's probably stronger than Wayne Simmons because he's a lot bigger. He's like he'll he, he should be able to do those things better than Simmons, but he just doesn't. He just. I don't know if it's effort. I don't know what it is. But he looks off as yeah, well. Yeah, that's it's it's tough for him. And I was I I was just looking at our lineup. If like what what's going to happen with like with Mikhail coming back? I wonder if they just send down a forward. I wonder if they just send down one of Engval and or
1: like, why would you send down Engval though?
0: Well, because it, the alternative is sending down Lillgren.
1: Engval's been solid though.
0: I I it's Angval or if they sent if they send a, one of Engval or. Richie down. They're still like ca- the
1: third line hasn't put up the greatest numbers in mm-hmm. the past couple of games. However, they they always get the defensive assignment. They always get the defensive draw, and a lot of the times it's either Kasha or Engvall that's then carrying the puck up the ice mm-hmm. into the offensive zone. And I mean, we've seen Kasha get a couple very good looks as well. Like I'm, I'm really starting to like the chemistry between himself and Engvall. I'm not saying like Engvall even that penalty draw in Chicago there. Took that offsetting penalty, which was nice. And then, like, the next shift, he drew one as well. It was, like, a wildly unnecessary penalty, I think, from, uh, was it Dahan or Connor Murphy or something like that? But, I mean, that was a hell of a play there. And I I've really, really liked how they, they moved the puck up the ice together because they're good skaters and they're not just dumping the puck in anymore, mm-hmm.
0: right?
2: I, 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 I think Egval should dump the puck in more, actually. I think... In terms of how he's so yeah. poor at getting he, from the red line across the blue line, well, he's good up to that point, but yeah. he just lacks a ton of offensive skill. I really think Ilya McKay coming back will, could do a lot better than he's doing
0: right now. The only thing with Pierangvall is when he has the space and he takes it, he's good. But if the space isn't there and there's a defender in front of him, like kind of blocking the way, he he makes mistakes. He make, makes uh, yeah. a few mistakes in that situation. But anyways, I was just yeah, I was just messing around. Also, Jason. I think Joey's underrated David Komp's role. I was I was going to say, you, you brought oh, up no, Andre yeah. and like Kosh and David Pierre Engvall, but what about David Komp both before the uh, Vegas well, game? Well, in
1: terms of carrying the puck, David Komp mm-hmm. doesn't carry the puck much. He does everything else to support them. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's fair. But right. I I, w- I was just going to pull up a stat that, that I saw on Twitter before the Vegas game. It's that Andre Kosh and David Komp are the f- number one and number two players in the NHL in defensive zone starts. They're I mean, buried and they're they're doing great. They're doing a great job a at, at just job. getting it out, exactly. getting it out and putting pressure. That's that's he's David Klomf has looked good. I'm not going to say we the word put
1: game. some very good resources like around him. him to help mm-hmm. him succeed. You have to caveat, that. of course, but yes, he does support them extremely well. And as I mentioned, everything that doesn't involve the puck on your, on his stick. He does it very, very well. And as a result, his line mates are really benefiting from it. And that line is doing what it's supposed to. Right? But now these, these next two games are huge tests.
0: Oh, yeah. Two strong teams.
1: For those, line, for those lines. Tampa, Tampa
0: and Boston. Big, big test.
1: Tampa, Boston, even, uh, even LA. The
0: Kings. No, there's no such. You last
1: chip. shift against LA. Mm-hmm. I wonder how that one's going to work out.
0: And the return of Philip Deneau. See how we play Ooh. against him.
2: Also, David Cobb scored the biggest goal of the season so far. That's another thing we need to
1: point out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, the Chicago goal. The Chicago backhand.
0: Oh
2: yeah. He's already tied his gold total from
1: last year. <laughs> Let's clap it up. Let's go. David Camp. Yeah. Um what was our over under for his goals this year? Five. Five?
0: Four and a half. <laughs> you right? think he gets it? Hey, you know what? He's on pace to smoke. No. <laughs> He's <laughs> on no, up- hey. no. pace.
1: Is he on pace to smoke it?
0: Well, it's it's only been 10 games and he has two goals, right? He's one. He has one goal. I thought he got an empty net. No, he
1: scored a bunch of goals in the preseason. (laughs) That's why. He has one goal.
0: Uh, He's still on pace for eight.
1: Eight, Eight, so. (laughs) Well Well, on his way. He's career high. Let's go, Camp Daddy. Um, Was there anything else? That's a big um. But (laughs) anything else you guys wanted to touch on?
0: Would you, okay, just quickly, would you rather. sent down Timothy Lilligan, Pierre Engvall, or Nick Ritchie? They, uh, Timothy Lilligan wouldn't be on waivers. The other two would be on waivers.
1: I mean, we just signed Nick Ritchie, so that's where oh, it's Pierre like, Engvall. will they? Interesting. I mean, Nick Ritchie's been the worst out of the three by a mile, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But it would be Pierre Engvall out of them, unfortunately. Kind of. I like the way he's played, but. Mm-hmm.
2: Even more, unfortunately for us, it's going to be Timothy Logan, so Yeah.
1: Oh, that's so frustrating. Like, he's looked so good, and he helps the team so much. Like, to yeah, take Joe, him I out.
2: Honestly to, one thing I wanted to mention, I'd love to see him get a look with Morgan Riley, actually. I think they do a really mm. good job moving the puck out. Like, you can go Sandin and Hall, and Hall can maybe help Sandin in terms of stopping some of those easy zone entries for in whatever way possible. Because he's better than Lilligren at that. I mean, Justin Hall is a decent defenseman at doing that. Yeah. That's one of his strengths. So I don't see why you don't give him a look on, with Riley. I get he doesn't have experience. Don't forget, he's a first-round pick, and he's 21 years old now. Like, give him the shot. 20, you
0: know?
1: 22. 22? 22. 22.
2: Yep. Even better. So
1: All the people in the comments call him 29, but they're stupid. So who cares what they think? But, yeah, that'd be unfortunate if he's – sent down in any way shape or form like i don't care about cap casualties whatever like he's, he's playing very well play the hot mm-hmm. hand mm-hmm. damn it i think we're still a few weeks away from Liam mikhayev though yeah. so we yeah, we're yeah. gonna get a couple we're gonna get more than a few looks of timothy Logren in some good competition coming up too yeah all right do you guys want to go uh now uh, let's go uh, a week ahead
0: sure upcoming games
1: yeah any thoughts on. Uh, so it's Tampa and then Boston, is that correct?
0: Yeah, Tampa on the f- Thursday. Yep. Boston on the Saturday. And then we play LA, LA on, on the Monday, market. all at home. Three game homestand, which should, should feel nice for us.
1: Wow. How many games in a row is that at home? That'd be five. Five, yeah. Wow. Not bad. Have you guys gotten a, a chance to watch. Um,
0: what's I ha- it called all? I haven't seen Boston at all this year, but I've seen Tampa. Yeah. They look they look they still look good, but they're they're just la- like that they're they're their bottom six again is their their weakness. That's their biggest weakness is they lost they lost the entire line. Obviously that's gonna be their weakness and the guys they brought in don't look that good. Like they're not really that noticeable. But I'm also when I'm watching Tampa Bay, I'm not really watching it for Corey Perry and yeah. Pierre. No Kucherov. But no Kucherov as well. Act I, I, I yeah. Um but yeah, no, they their their top six look strong. And their defense looks great. Vasilevsky looks great. They look like the top, the top six looks like the same old Tampa Bay, basically. And the goalie's yeah. the goalie. The goalies so it'll be fun to watch that game. That'll be a fun one for sure. I got a chance to
1: watch. Uh, it was Philadelphia versus Boston when Philadelphia beat them. The way that Philly, Philly was able to beat them was like kind of clogging up the neutral zone, getting those opportunities off of odd man rushes. And they have some good players that do that. And I think Philly do, has done that. Pretty well, the few times that I've watched them this year, but Boston's big thing, man, Charlie Coyle's at second line center. He is not a second line center. He's a good third line center, but when you have to move your good third line center up to second line center, it's like, yikes. So I really hope the least can take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what it was I, my other thing was Jeremy Swayman, the game I watched wasn't very good. I don't know how like they paid Olmark um, a bunch of money mm-hmm. as well. I am not sure how well their goaltending is like has been this year. I haven't l- really looked into the numbers much, but I don't know that maybe that's something to watch out for. But it's still the same old Boston. They still have Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're D are... D. I mean, Charlie Coyle is a beast. I mean, not Char- Charlie McAvoy. Charlie McAvoy. Wrong. Yeah. Wrong. Charlie wrong Mass. Too many Charlies. Exactly. <laughs> He's a beast. That's a guy that can generate some good five-on-five offense. I really like how he selectively jumps up into the play. And he's a good skater and can move the puck as well. So I really think that second line there overmatching them, especially we're at home, right?
0: Yes, yeah. The Leafs
1: are at home on Thursday, so it's going to be. Hopefully, they can take advantage of that. um, And really, I don't think Josh. What What are your thoughts on the Bruins' D? It's not that deep, right? Mm. No, but I really like
2: how Matt Grizzlick's played this year. That's one yeah. thing I've noticed. Yeah. I think he's really stepped into that Torrey Krug role. I think he's actually, so far this year, been better at even strength than I think Torrey Krug was for Boston for most of the time there. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter really complimenting his game, and when I've watched them, he's looked really good. Brandon Carlo's a guy who eats a lot of minutes. Again, he's one of those guys that's on the ice. Is a lot happening? No. Is he overly good at anything? No. But when he's out there... It just seems like the tone of the game goes down one notch, which is, I guess, a positive. Like I don't know. They've signed Derek Forbort this year. He's been all right. Uh, like you said, it's not the deepest decor, especially when you compare it to Tampa. But the one thing about Boston is that right now, I think their forward group's playing better than Tampa Bay's is. Like, Probably. Uh,
1: that makes especially
2: sense. Taylor Hall. He doesn't have the numbers to, to prove it. I mean, Boston has not scored a ton of goals this year. They've actually also kind of struggled on the power play. They only have three power play goals in four games. Usually their power play is humming a lot better than that. But it's a really good forward group they have at even strength, in my opinion. Especially compared to what Tampa's doing right now. Tampa's bottom six is really weak, like Jason. Like, really weak. And the funny thing is, they put Alex barboulet on waivers. They were lucky that they had the first priority to claim him back because they lost him on waivers. Because right now he's playing on their second line and on their first power play. So imagine without him too, the depth of that team. Like I, I think Tampa's still going to be yeah. good, but in terms of projecting forward, unless Kucherov comes back, not... I don't know sooner than what is it eight to ten weeks they're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, I, th- I think they're going to be struggling halfway through the season. I know that sounds crazy to say, but from what I've watched, they they've had some really rough performances, not dissimilar to what the Leafs have done early on. Um, but the Leafs have turned it around a bit here. I, I don't know. I think Boston's going to be a tougher matchup, to be honest. It'll be interesting to follow Ooh. the gambling line, see which game the Leafs are more favored in. Yeah. I think a big difference will be which goalie plays for Boston. As you said, I, I think Olmark has played a lot better than Swayman this he year. He has. I I'm looking at the numbers now. As well, overall. Yep. So we'll see who they go with there. Um, but yeah, it's going to be two great games, honestly. Like. Even that being said, obviously, I'm not trying to underrate Tampa Bay. They're, they're still a top 10 easily, maybe top 5 team in the league. But yeah. it's not the same team as last year. People forget that. They lost an entire line of players, plus Kucherov, from the playoffs last year. And even in the regular season without Kucherov last year, they weren't blowing teams out. Like no. They weren't. They weren't even a top seed, right? So just something to keep in mind.
1: Yeah. The goals haven't really been there for Boston, but I mentioned Charlie Coyle's is not the greatest second line center. He's second in points on the team, so I'm yeah, a Yeah, they mush. just haven't scored on the power play. Yeah. That's
2: been the issue so far.
1: Patrice Bergeron has 3 assists in 7 games, too. Wow. Yeah, but you know what? I don't think That's those guys surprising. get the
2: heat cuz they like I don't you think anyone in Boston's like, "Ah, oh, it's trade Bergeron." I doubt it.
1: I don't know. I mean I hope that I hope they're saying that. <laughs> Screw them. Yeah.
2: That's an interesting storyline to follow, though, Joe. Like, you know,
0: David Krejci was such an important player for the Bruins.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. Again, Charlie Coyle's sure. a good player. I like the player. Mm-hmm. I, think he, I agree. I
1: think he's a third-line center. Solid third-line center.
0: But their their center depth is looking, like, organizationally, is looking very, very weak. I don't know if they have any, like, strong prospects. Studnika. But, like, right now they're I rolling kind of, with,
1: I like Studnika. Mm-hmm. He's still kind of young. Is he a I think center? He's a 99-born. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Um, yeah. So still in the youngish mm-hmm. kind of end. Still working his way up, but I think Jack Stadnick is one guy mm-hmm. that they're really banking on uh, to be good. Well, the, they, they have Nick Felino. I think he's injured, though.
0: Ah, uh, okay.
1: Yeah. yeah, he is.
2: But like, wow. even, But just even comparing their bottom six, like Boston has Jake DeBrusque, Eric Holla, Thomas Nosek. Like Carson Kuhlman's played good hockey. Like compared to what Tampa's doing right now, Like, Tampa's bottom six is a lot of unproven guys and, like, kind of washed-up veterans. Like, Mm -hmm. I I know Ross Colton played well in the playoffs. He still has a lot to prove. Perry and Maroon, I think those guys are probably net negatives in the regular season. Maybe they bring something in the playoffs. (laughs) But what I've seen so far, those guys look really, really slow. Uh,
1: Combined zero points.
2: And then, I I mean, I like Pierre-Edward Bellomar as a fourth-line center. He's playing with Matthew Joseph and Taylor Radish. Again, those are two guys, Mm -hmm. young guys, that have a lot to prove and haven't really proven anything. So, we'll see
1: that's true. That's an interesting point there. Um, if you and got in the yeah. Is it Monday that they play LA? That's what I was about to mm-hmm. go on, get into. Yeah.
2: I mean, Kobitar has had an insane start to the season. I don't know if you guys have seen that. He's it, got like, I don't know how many points. I think it's 13
1: points. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's lightening it up. Um, the one chance that I got to watch LA, uh, unfortunately, I watched when they had Drew Doughty. I don't mm-hmm. think he's playing this game. They've won he two was in a row. Really well. Interesting. It's yeah, a shame. Uh, but. Also, it was uh, Dustin Brown. When he scored that goal, he's got some nasty hands in front. From the game that I watched, I don't know if this has been replicable across all of the games, but like it was a lot of like messy kind of goals where it was fast finishes by their forwards. But, I I, I, again, I haven't watched a ton of them. I only got to the one chance to watch them. And, unfortunately, Drew Dowdy's out now, too. But yeah, he's out I, long-term, I
2: it's, yeah, it's heavy, yeah but it's funny you mentioned Dustin Brown. He's kind of had an interesting career renaissance, you no? Like in in the early 2010s, he was 29 points, 27 points, 27 points, 28 yeah. points, 36 points, and recently he's been closer to like a 50, 60 point player. It's interesting.
1: Yeah, that's been completely wild. Like for the like a couple of years in a row now, he's been really good. Like, yeah. no idea what happened there. But Victor Arvidsson's been solid. One guy that I really liked, I watched a ton of him in junior, was uh, Arthur Kaliev. He's been in the roster every game. um, Incredible. Cannot say enough good things about his shot there. Pretty good hands as well for a big guy like that. Or 6'2", but it looks like he's wearing football pads out there. So that'll be interesting. It'll also be interesting to see who they start. I'm not really a big fan of Jonathan Quick at all. Mm Mm-hmm. How Pete Peterson hasn't had the best start to the season, so we'll see who they uh they test the waters with there. But
0: and we'll also get to see the return of Trevor Moore and Carl Gunstrom.
1: Is Carl Gunstrom eh, he's, he's been playing he's
0: know. been he's been in and out of their lineup. I don't know if he's gonna play against
1: yeah. But, Sean Walker also yeah, Sean Walker's also not playing. So that's a little bit of a banged up decor there. Mm-hmm. Their D, D looks, looks really super to, thin. Yeah, exactly. also Joe.
2: Calio's playing on their first power play, which is, you know, it would be good. Good. Just fun to watch, you know, guy we've, we've been fans of for a while now. So. Oh, yeah.
1: Been a huge fan of him. The return of Trevor Moore. That was such a fan favorite guy. It'll be interesting also to see he's not injured. So, Brendan Lemieux, I wonder if they put him in. He's just kind of like a fourth-line plug. But I wonder if it's like other teams have it in their head. Oh, the soft Maple Leafs. Let's try to rough him get, un, get under their skin and they throw Brendan Lemieux in. Well we throw Nick Spolden. Ritchie back
0: at him.
1: <laughs> I like Wayne Simmons. Yeah. Love to see Wayne Simmons absolutely beat the tar out of that guy. But, yeah. Anyways, it'll be interesting. Three really, really good matchups before our next episode there. Uh, I'm very curious to see how that looks. Because the last three games were not against very good teams mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the line was in Chicago, but against Detroit, I think they were minus 300. Tonight, they were minus 210, I believe, was the closing line there. Like, Wow. Those are games you really should yeah. be winning. Um, and then, yeah, the one last thing I wanted to touch on, and I think he did a better job tonight, Mitch Marner against Detroit especially, and I've seen it a bunch this season, when he's challenging the points and he's trying to take away the pass, he doesn't really stop. And he just kind of keeps going. So, D were the the opposing team's D men were able to get him on quick little fakes. It would fake him out, and then he'd do like a pirouette. And that's how we saw Slavin score on him. And even in the offensive zone, I wasn't in love. There was a play where he was forechecking checking Nick Letty, and he tried to do kind of a drive by poke, and it didn't work. And he ended up ass to ass on Nick Letty there. It was a really weird. So, I'm really hoping he can, uh, like, he, he watches, you could see during the games he's always on the ipad so i'm really hoping he kind of shores up that part of his game but it's been an awesome it's been awesome watching this team Mm -hmm. he did he did pick off two passes on the blue line exactly that's why i said before this game he did he did uh it was against Shea theodore i was one of them and i can't remember what the other one was
2: yeah so maybe he maybe he saw that maybe you're right
0: it's a good point yeah Made the adjustment. How, how many points do we take off these next three? How many points are you going to get these next three games? I'll Two hear three. Some predictions. three. So, so four or six? Four out of six total points? Yes.
1: Yeah. Four I'm out of six? Four out of six. six. Let's do it.
0: be the aim for every
1: three-game stretch. Yep. Ideally, of course. Ideally. Uh, let's close Lock off Vanilla Player of the Week. Well, what do you guys have for us? Do you
2: want to go to – I actually I, – I have my own nomination that I want on there, but I want yeah. to hear what other people say. Like, I'm okay. not going to rest if this guy's not
1: on it. Okay. Let's see it. So Jen Squisano, Squisato said, uh, Taveras and Marner for favorites. Andrew Mills, happy birthday to you said vanilla. Richie player. Marner, um, D H. Hru- Hruvda said, uh, favorite Taveras. vanilla hole. Uh, Alex Markovich said, uh, vanilla Keefe. Non vanilla Campbell, interesting Philip Billiard said Nick Richie vanilla, Marner favorite, and then we have yours, well, I'm skipping for now. And then Jesse Austin said vanilla hole and player of the week, the core five. Interesting,
2: I nomination. like that. I like
1: that. What would what did you have for us?
2: Uh, Nick Richie's the vanilla player,
1: of the absolutely.
2: Right now, as vanilla as vanilla can be, he's just going for a pleasure skate out there. He's not that engaged in the play. When he does throw a hit, the puck's three feet gone already. It's not affecting the play. Like I just want him to make smarter plays, like be more effective on the forecheck. Like the hit doesn't have to be when the puck's gone. Like separate man from puck, simple hockey, and it just it really has not worked out so far that contract. So that's -hmm. the guy I think has to be a nominee for vanilla
1: player of the week. Mostly leafies has changed their name. To uh, no Nick Richie November, <laughs> so, uh, I thought that was a pretty good one. But That's good. what did you guys have nice for?
0: Day day. Yeah, no, Van- vanilla is no one else other than uh, Richie. I guess you could say Hall because uh, he didn't play awful against Chicago, but he sat in the press box. For he the was past so two bad games.
1: that he didn't get to play. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Rich Richie. I think it's Richie because he he had the opportunity. You have. Th- three opportunities to show like something like anything like it's it's yeah. like that meme like poke, poking the, poking the like are, are you alive like are you there do something do something, do something. like like come on do something it's dude. true like, <laughs>
1: yeah. i haven't like like just the most minor plays i'm like oh there it is he's going to turn around there and then you don't get anything out of him i mm-hmm. mean just it, it, what i don't like is like the lack of engagement the lack of positioning his positioning is awful his positioning has really been awful. And I haven't really seen many good goal scorer looks from him. And every time he gets a puck on his stick, it seems like he whiffs on it. Like, I don't know. Like, there seems like there's something off there. I don't know what the heck is going on there. It's been really weird. But I think we can, uh, do we even put it to a vote, Richie versus Hole? Yeah, I
0: think Might they as want well. A vote. Get the
1: yeah. Engagement going, get the Let's do it. They want, you know? All right. Uh, player of the week, I think we're between Tavares and Marner. Yep.
0: I yeah. I, I think I think I I give it to Marner. He just looks so good. Yeah. Like Tavares is finishing, which is good, and he looked like he looked a lot better in the Detroit game, from what I remember, than he did in the, the Chicago game for sure. Yeah. But I I think Marner is just the the last few games in in all seems like the best player on the ice for me. He's just, it seems like he's doing it all. Like before it seemed yeah. like he was trying to do too much. Now he just, he, he's, he's in his he's, own head. Yeah. And now he just feels like, not that he's not, I don't know what he's, he, the mental blocks he came over, but he's just still, he's able he's to do it all. changed up the fan base. They're yeah. no
1: longer complaining about his current play. They're complaining about future play in the playoffs. <laughs> so pretty incredible. But I think you both have Marner. I think I was going mm-hmm. to Tavares. So we'll put it to a vote. Tavares yeah. versus Marner, favorite player of the week. Um, we'll see no, what people I think,
2: say. I, I think Tavares is, is a 50-50 with Mitch Martin. I think you got to give him credit. I think, as you, like Joe, I, I, like he's he's doing what we paid him to do: score goals yeah. and be strong on the forecheck. I really think oh, they yeah. rekindled some magic. No,
1: shielding yeah. the puck and then dishing it.
0: Like he, he he looks like such a pain in the ass to play against John Tavares. Like in the when when, his when his he's on the puck and the so offense is on, it's it's insane how physical and strong he is. Like. Yeah, it's wild. It's
1: crazy how like he's a, such a smart player. We've mm-hmm. changed the narrative. He's changed the narrative already that it's no longer oh, it looks like he's skating in mud. It's like, all right, that might still be true, but he's not making plays off the rush really. Mm-hmm. Well, he did one, but a lot of them are mm-hmm. coming like quick plays mm-hmm. off of smart positioning and smart passes, right? Yeah, so,
2: like I compare it to honestly, Getzlab in Anaheim. I've watched yeah. a lot of him play. His his legs kind of went at 30. They really did. And he's really slowed down now, but he's 36. From like the ages of like 30 to 33, 34, he's still a really good player because of his mind and how he thought the game. And I feel like John Tavares is the same way. Not necessarily the same way as Getzla, where Getzla was a passer, but John Tavares is always in the right position. He does a really good job at lifting sticks. He does a good job at getting in front of the net. Like he does a lot of smart things that will make up for perceived lack of foot speed.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And he's got. Uh, then
2: one other thing I wanted to say is Jason said, I don't know what Mitch Marner did. He did say that he tried to just focus on himself and not any of the outside noise, which I think is a solid idea for anybody that plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Don't focus on whatever the fans are saying for a bit. Just play your game.
1: Indeed. Indeed. All right. So, battle of. Uh, for favorite player of the week, we got a battle of the endorsement brothers. Um, because. You know, I'm, I am putting up that, that Lululemon I mean, John Tavares picture. <laughs> so that's incredibly weird and <laughs> awkward. But that's our captain. Is there anything else you guys had for the for this episode? Mm. Any, what was the feedback on the Riley Hyman, Paul? Um, oh, uh, Morgan Riley one, handedly. Interesting. Handedly, for sure. I can pull up the exact... Oh. Remember what to click. I can pull up the exact actual numbers, I think. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh my God. We post so many stories. (laughs) I can't even find them. Oh, here it is. It was 62% Riley. Hmm. Okay. So, by a good margin there. Yeah. Right? Any uh, renewed thoughts on the contract, you know, in case anyone didn't listen to the emergency pod? No. No, give the pot a listen. It's still uh, still very relevant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very relevant. Yeah. But anyways, Mm -hmm. that's all. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Please rate, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. um, And thank you all. And give us a follow on social at Report. Thank you so much for for listening.
2: Go, Leaks. Go.